Folks, as I have promised you, we have a fantastic guest, a big dog guest, a really real deal guest, uh, none other than Star Parker. Uh, Star is an author, a very accomplished author, a very accomplished Christian conservative and a, a syndicated columnist. Uh, way, way back, I didn't realize it was this long, Star, but way back in 1995, you founded the Center for Urban uh, renewal and education. And uh, it's just been too many years uh, since we've had you on our program. And thank you so much for for your many, many years of service to this great nation. And thank you for sharing your time with our audience uh, here on The Really Real Deal. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. It has been a long time. You know, what happened after I founded Cures, I was still in talk radio for ABC, so I didn't get the chance to work in it full time. Mm-hmm. So we just slowly but surely begin to build it. And then after uh, about 10 years, I moved to Washington, D.C. So I've been um, based here as Cure for the last 10 years, 12, mm-hmm. going on 12 years now. And uh, and we're just trying to make a difference. So thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> and you make a very, very big difference. And, you know, we had eight years of Obama and I'm telling you, the hell I had to catch from black folks because I refused to support that joker right from day one. And, you know, I have a lot of experience with um, Nation of Islam types from back when I was a teenager. And so when I heard things like uh, Reverend Jeremiah Wrong, you know, GD America, you know, America's chickens are coming home to roost. You know, joker sounds just like Malcolm X. And so my ears heard something different. They could pass that over to the unknowing person. But I had enough personal experience with these types of people. And plus, I don't trust Democrats, you know, all day long and twice on Sundays. I I don't trust them. Right. Well, you know, it's sort of like the in the dating world, the girl that everybody's telling her, no, that is not the right guy, honey. He's just really not right for you. But she's blinded by the little sweet talk of hope and change. Mm. And then five babies later, she finds out that, no, her friends were right. Her family was right. Yeah, and and eight years later. But then, right, in, in this particular scenario that many blacks are starting to say, wait a minute, maybe we were looking the wrong place. It's mm-hmm. particular Christian blacks. And so Gallup last week brought out a poll that 22% of African-Americans say that they're conservative. 41% said we're moderate. So uh, we can look at all the bad of that particular administration. Mm-hmm. I look at the necessary noise. I look at that. If it weren't for Barack Obama, people wouldn't have much more clarity that there is a difference between liberals and conservatives. There's mm-hmm. a difference in worldview. We're in a culture war. And he made it very, very clear for others to choose this day who you will serve. So mm-hmm. it was an eye-opener for quite a few Christians after they were so mesmerized and he was an elected president yeah yeah and then all the the hate that they feed you know uh dr king advised us uh to not drink from the cup of bitterness but there's this steady diet of bitterness and hatred that's fed that you know donald trump is just like all those other white christian male republicans they hate women they hate brown people they hate children and you know and i've been saying uh forever and a day star that, you know, Republican men are more likely to honor the women who bear their children with marriage than our Democrat men. So how is it that we hate women, you know, and and you look at the results speak for themselves under Trump versus under Obama, the national results. 
the numbers are probably on your side that the more often people go to church in the majority community you know, on a weekly basis, the more often they go to church, the more likely they are to be conservative and then vote Republican. The black community is the only place that doesn't happen. The more likely they go to church, which is higher than any other population mm-hmm. uh, or ethnicity in the country, uh, the more likely they are to say, I'm a Christian, the more likely they are to want to protect the interests of Israel, the more likely they are to say, we love God, we believe in his existence, we believe everything about the Bible, but then the more likely they are to go in uh, voting booth on Tuesday and undermine uh, those values by voting wow. for Democrats. So that's part of what we do at Cure is to try to educate them that they, you have to connect your Sunday morning with your Tuesday evening vote. And I think, frankly, uh, Donald Trump is helping blacks understand that it's not about ethnicity, it's not about race, it's not about them calling people racist, racist. it's about mm-hmm. what, what is happening for your life. And when you think about what's happening for their lives, we of all people uh, are hit hardest when you have too much government control. So blacks are waking up to it. Mm-hmm. You start to poll very, very nicely uh, in the African-American community. It was extremely telling what happened down in Florida that 18 percent of black women voted for DeSantis over Gellum simply because uh, Gellum said, I want to keep your kids trapped in failing schools. And mm-hmm. DeSantis said, I want them to go whatever school you want them to go to. Mm-hmm. So the more we push the issues, the better we're going to fare in 2020. So I'm really not worried about, you know, the naysayers and the noise. In fact, my new book coming out this this um uh, fall is called Necessary Noise. I think it's necessary. We've been in this mm-hmm. culture war for a long time, and uh, and people are waking up to the fact that we, we cannot have it both ways anymore, similar to the 1850s, mm-hmm. when Abraham Lincoln had to say, we can't be both anymore. We're going to have right. to be one or the other. We right. can't be both anymore. And that's where we are in this yeah. and That's why it's so noisy. Yeah, and Democrats haven't been this mad since Abraham Lincoln told them you can't have <laughs> slaves. <laughs> but you know, you explain, you explain the uh, Christian angle so well, Star. I've never heard it explained that way and that well. You articulated that. And now, you know, I'm going to start sharing that. And the first couple of times I'm going to say, as my friend Star Parker says. <laughs> and then what happens the third time? The you third time is like, Parker well, you know what I always say, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing is, you know my story. I, I, my passion is because I, I, I know firsthand. I believe the lies of the left. I believe everything they're saying today. I believe I was poor because others are wealthy. I believe America's racist. I shouldn't mainstream. I believe that my problems are someone else's fault. And where it led me was to a very reckless life, criminal activity, drug activity, sexual activity, in and out of abortion clinic after clinic, finally having a job, ended up on welfare. And then God found me there and Mm -hmm. converted me. And in that Christian conversion, I started a new life. I got into college. I got a degree. I started a business. you just, you got to make a choice. We're either going to be biblical and free or we're going to be secular and status. And I chose biblical and free and I work my full-time life trying to help others choose biblical and free. But we do have to have a political environment that allows you to live biblical and free because Mm -hmm. public policy does shape uh, public opinion and public behavior. And so that's where the war is. It's in the battle in the voting booth to say what kind of laws are going to govern us in the public square. Mm -hmm. Laws of freedom, or laws of slavery. Amen to that. And uh, now we have to take a quick break. And so you can stay over for a few more minutes after this break. 
Yeah, they, I said I would. Great. I really appreciate it. All right, folks. Uh, Star Parker is our guest, and uh, she's just absolutely wonderful. You really got to check her website out. We're going to talk a little bit more on the other side of this break. You can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, got to cut you down. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here with our very special guest, Star Parker. And uh, during the break, I went to www.urban cure.org urban cure.org and i signed up star and uh <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm on your i'm on this the section with the books that you've written white ghetto how middle class america reflects inner city decay i mean that's i mean just the title is brilliant there you know that reminds me of what moynihan said um uncle sam's plantation is here and uh, blind conceit, politics, policy, and racial polarization moving forward to save America. You know, you you are really have been quite prolific. 1995 to now, that's a long time, sister. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's why I'm training up that next generation. Oh, uh, good. The young man running our clergy center at CURE, uh, the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, the website you just cited, urbancure.org. He's, he's 30 years old. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's right. Hand that, that baton. Generation. Yeah. Of uh, pastors. You know, we have three programs. We have the policy program where we change the law to change lives. We have the media program where we push messages into the culture you know, on race and, and poverty matters. And then we have a clergy center where now we're up to about 850 uh, clergy that are serving in these distressed zip codes trying to reverse the damage mm-hmm. of the welfare state and big government. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. I've been, I've been here a long time, so I'm yeah. ready to pass the baton on to that next Okay, I understand that. Now, with um, you, you speaking of clergy, and one of my big issues, and it was, and this ties into what you said earlier about uh, the black Americans are the only demographic that attends church with extreme regularity, and yet goes and votes against things that the Bible teaches. Right. Now, I, I participated in a rally on the front porch of our governor, Ralph Northam, okay, the guy who, uh, you know, says we're going to have a conversation about whether that baby is viable. And mind you now, we, you know, I was just talking about Wilma Rudolph, who, when she was born in 1946, had a congenital birth defect, had polio, had a crooked leg, was uh, a preemie, not a preemie today, a preemie in 1946, okay, four pounds, all right? And so uh, I guess Dr. Northam and Barack Obama, they would have had a conversation about whether she should be allowed to live. And 24 years later, she was the fastest woman on the planet, won four gold medals in the Rome Olympics, in the Rome Olympics. And yet they persist with this. They think their excuse was, oh, I was only talking about, you know, deformed babies. I wasn't talking about uh, after the fact birth control. 
they're they're, they're exposed, um, and and they're in that conversation would have been two words for the left: kill it. Um, but they're exposed, and there's a case going now to the United States Supreme Court that is going to ask the court uh, if we should kill children uh, who have birth defects. Uh, that particular case, I think, is on Down syndrome out of Indiana, I mm-hmm. believe it is. Um, so, so, no, the liberals have fallen over themselves. They've exposed themselves, according to what the Scripture said would happen. And, and now the nation knows that they really want to fantasize, that they are really uh, against those that they consider as market Sanger considered human weed mm-hmm. not worthy of life. The question now becomes, do, are the, is the Christian community going to buy into it? When you talk about the governor of Virginia, uh, you know, was, he was unraveling very rapidly, but not on his comments about infanticide, as we all know, but on his mm-hmm. uh, pictures in his yearbook with blackface and, and the KKK, the party that he belongs to, the founders of the KKK. Uh, but what happened over the weekend is Al Sharpton showed up in town. A deal was probably made in the room where it happened. Next thing we know, the liberal black pastors probably got up on Sunday morning and said, now y'all know what to do. We're going to mm-hmm. choose and, and, and that's and, my question. And, and How do- this before we choose Republicans, the next thing you know, on Monday, you have 58% of black people saying that they think that this governor should not leave. Mm-hmm. So what is your question? My question, and, uh, and I apologize, we've got like uh, about 40 seconds here. My question mm-hmm. is, how do we get Reverend Chickenfoot to preach the word of God and stop being a Democrat in the pulpit? You don't. You go find the decent people in quiet communities. Remember the scripture said when Elijah felt that he was all alone, that um, God told him to have 7,000 to have a battle to bail. So we go find the 7,000. We, we're not going to win this and change reality. We're fighting the existing reality. To change things, you've got to build a new model and make them obsolete. So that's what we do at Cure. We're going to look for those um, four to 6,000 black pastors mm-hmm. that keep holding on our side that are not bowing to the bells. And Amen. we build an army of them and we push the others into obsolete. So Amen. that's the only way we're going to do it. All right. we got to have you back now when that new book I'll comes out. God bless okay. you. Thank you. All right now. UrbanCure.org, folks. UrbanCure.org. Check it out.